Welcome to our conference championship edition of Harvey's Huddle. I'm your host, Jackson Harvey. I, it would be a sin to not mention that the divisional round of the 2021-22 rate, or just season in general, is the best weekend of football any of us has ever witnessed. It was incredible. Walk-off points to win each and every game. The two number one seeds going down on Saturday, and then we were treated. We, oh, those Sunday games were just incredible. If you haven't already, go check me out on social media. We're on Instagram, at Harvey's Huddle. On Twitter, at Harvey's underscore Huddle. And we're on Facebook, too. Uh, All the links to those pages are in our episode descriptions. Hit me up on those social media pages. Uh, It's good to get some conversations going. I had a lot of conversations going on Twitter last week, so that was great to hear. Great to hear. Great to read. Great to argue about overtime rules. Overtime needs to be changed. Let me get that out of the way. It's uh, (laughs) a... It is a travesty that the Bills are not in the playoffs right now. And in my opinion, the NFL needs to take a quick, not even a quick, a long, hard look at their overtime rules. Uh, Even just if both offenses get a chance to see the field at least once, I'm fine with that. You know, we had a, a, I know it's a lower level of game, but with the Canadian Football League, uh, they're championship game this past year the Grey Cup went into overtime between the Tiger Cats and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers Um, it went into overtime and their overtime rules you start at the I think at the 35 yard line uh, the opponent's 35 yard line on offense and you're going in and you, you basically play until in a shootout sort of fashion um, until someone gives so and there's no point after attempts either you gotta go for two after every touchdown so it's up to the defenses to make a stop and it's up to the offenses to score points and you know what happened (laughs) Winnipeg gets the ball first they won the coin toss I think they actually deferred the coin toss because they had they they love their defense but or no they they went and they took the they took the ball. They scored a touchdown. The game wasn't over yet. Hamilton goes on offense, 35-yard line, and the defense makes a stop. Hamilton throws an interception. That's the end of the game. I didn't feel ruined by that. You know, I, I felt like both teams played a great game, and those overtime rules felt fair. They felt... It felt like both teams had a chance in that extra period, which is what the overtime period is for it's not to say hey we're just going to go until the first person to score touchdown wins it's even then like it is kind of the first person to score touchdown wins on uh, the sudden death rules but it's I think there's a more fair way to do it and I think the CFL has a really good example of how to do that now if I'm the NFL, I wouldn't have it as close as the 35-yard line for those quote-unquote mini-games. So basically, one offense gets a chance to go in and score. If they do so, 
they get to go for two. If they make it or not, then that adds to their points, of course. And then, of course, if they don't make it on their two-point conversion and the next, the other team's offense comes out, scores a touchdown, scores the two-point conversion, game's over. Second team wins, right? But if they fail to get a two-point conversion, then they go through mini-games again. And that just happens until you find a winner. It's not a full-fledged game. You're only going half the field, so maybe NFL start 50-yard line. CFL starts the 35-yard line. I think that's a short field as well. Talk about your defenses having to make a stand. Like, let's go. That's that's where your defenses are going to have to try to stop the stop the opposing offense. Anyways, that's my five-minute rant about uh, overtime rules. They need to be looked at. They need to be changed. I want to applaud their officials, though. The officials have done a great job, especially that divisional round. Uh, I had no problems with how they were officiating. I was actually kind of happy to see Tom Brady getting a little little love from the officials, the way I see it. Um, of course, he came out the week before the game and said, yeah, I probably get away with talking to the officials the way I do and probably get some, uh, some calls from my way just because I'm Tom Brady, so... Great week to say that. Week right before you get a helmet to the lip, which was a clean hit, by the way. Von Miller, he led with, I believe it was Von Miller. It was a shoulder. Instigated with the shoulder. Wasn't a penalty at all. Great job by the referees in the divisional round. Uh, But now we got two conference championship games that, uh, are they going to be good games? Are they going to not be good games? We got two hot teams. Two not-so-hot teams, in my opinion. But let's take a deeper look. Let's start off with the AFC Championship game, uh, otherwise known as the Arrowhead Invitational, as I've heard some people call it. Four straight years. Four straight years of the AFC Championship game being held in Kansas City, Missouri. Um, And it's going to be a... Heck of a game. Cincinnati Bengals going into Arrowhead, taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. Of course, they played very, very recently. Uh, in fact, they they played, I believe it was week 17. Uh, they, of course, battled it out, and Cincinnati came out with a win 34-31 to in that game. Now... Let's talk about Cincinnati first. Huge defensive win against the Tennessee Titans. Huge defensive win. This offense, I mean, oh man, they need to score some touchdowns. Joe Burrow, 28-37, 348 yards, no touchdowns, and a pick. He also took nine sacks, which is the most, not only is it the most sacks taken by a quarterback in a playoff game in NFL history, it's now the most sacks taken by a quarterback in a playoff game in NFL history, or taken in a playoff game that the quarterback won in NFL history. I don't, I don't think that's ever going to be broken. You take nine sacks and you're winning the football game, that's unheard of. Joe Mixon, he had 14 rush attempts, 54 rushing yards, and a touchdown. He was also 6 for 7 targets and 51 yards through the air. Jamar Chase, he was 5 of 6 targets, 109 yards, no touchdowns through the air. Jamar Chase was a huge asset for the Bengals 
in their last win against the Chiefs. And so look for Andy Reid and and uh, his defense to kind of turn up the heat against Jamar Chase. That's going to be a big key for the Chiefs, and it's going to be a big key for the Bengals. Get Jamar involved. Make him catch the ball in open space. You saw what he did against the Chiefs. He had five people in a five-yard radius around him, and he blew past all of them for a huge touchdown. They have not had a huge offensive display in the playoffs. It's been it's been something. I believe they only have one or two offensive touchdowns in the postseason. It's not good. Not good at all. Uh, they're getting the job done, but to come coming into a game against Kansas City, when they came in week 17, they were hot. The Bengals were hot. They were on a roll. They were finding their rhythm. Now I feel like they're in a little bit of a falling action the last couple of weeks, especially on offense. Their defense, they held Derrick Henry to 62 yards and a touchdown on 20 carries. That's not my most, the most impressive stats, of course, whatever. I believe that's like three point something yards, just over three yards a carry. Not too bad, not too great. Derrick Henry's longest run on this day, on in this game, only nine yards. That's something to hang your hat on. You do not allow one of the most explosive runners in the NFL to get downhill and to make you bleed. You only allowed him nine yards on his longest rush. Great job. There was also zero completed passes. Not even a target, actually. Not even a target for Tennessee for a running back in the passing game. Terrible. Let's just laugh at Tennessee. They are a bunch of frauds. Like I said, the worst number one seed in NFL history. And I know who they're beating in that case. I know they're beating a couple of Packers teams. This is the worst number one seed in NFL history, and they showed it last Saturday. Uh, Keys for the Bengals, touchdown efficiency. They need to... I know we all love McPherson. We want him to break Vinatieri's record of most field goals kicked in a regular or in the single postseason, which I believe he's like seven or eight field goals away from breaking that record. But the Bengals need to score a touchdown. They need to score touchdowns when they get into the opponent's end and not settle for these long field goals. Joe Mixon's going to be huge. In order to beat the Chiefs, you need to have a good run game. You need to be able to trick them in the secondary because you got some pretty good secondary pieces going on in Kansas City right now. Um, so Joe Mixon's going to be huge in the run game, making uh, that play-action pass a key for the Bengals' offense. Uh, they also need some good secondary play. I know this is a given when you're playing the Chiefs. You need people to... You're not going to stop Tyree Kill. Just going to say that right off the bat. Especially the way he plays in the playoffs. Especially the way Travis Kelsey plays in the playoffs. You're not going to stop them. If you do, you got McCole Hardman. You got Byron Pringle. Like, they have weapons. The Chiefs have weapons. They've recently added Jarek McKinnon this, or this postseason into that list of weapons, especially in the passing game. So your job as a secondary 
is to try to stop the bleeding. Try to, or try to make sure you don't lose all your blood in a single play. That's kind of a morbid example, sorry, but <laughs> you need to make sure that you are stopping the bleeding. They need to pressure Mahomes. I said pressure weird there. That was really weird. They need to pressure Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and Buffalo did a great job pressuring Mahomes. They didn't do a great job finishing Patrick Mahomes. Now, what's going to be important is not only do the defensive ends need to keep their edge when they're coming in on the pass rush, they need to make sure that when they are, when they find themselves getting to the quarterback, they're doing it not only, it's it's really weird. They need to do it with like a good timing with the interior defensive lineman to make sure there's not enough of room for Mahomes to kind of step up and scramble out between the tackle and the guard. So I think the defensive ends, they need to kind of pinch in a little bit when they're rushing and not rush straight up field, but kind of at an angle to try to trap Mahomes in there. And so if he does step up, he's got less of an angle to run through the tackle and the guard if he wants to scramble. So that's going to be very important for the Bengals. Probably something they practice all week long is their defensive pass rush, especially that angle for the defensive ends. Uh, Last but not least, definitely not least, you wouldn't believe me if I told you it's not the least worry on the Bengals' mind, especially with last week's performance, but the offensive line needs, needs to be better. I don't even care if you give up just five sacks. Five sacks is fine. Joe Burrow can deal with five sacks and win this game, I think. You need to... You need to do something. You need to... The the Bengals need to address this in the offseason, first of all. But right now, you need to take care of Joe Burrow. And you need to put him in a position to win this game. He can't win this game if he is running for his life or if he is flat on his back for most of the game. Offensive line is going to be huge. Let's talk about Kansas City. What an incredible game, first of all. Despite the outcome, um, of course, we wanted the Bills to win, but I'm I'm okay with Kansas City winning. That was just a fantastic game. Patrick Mahomes, 33 for 44, 378 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He also added seven rushes for 69 yards and a touchdown as well. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, he had seven at- rushing attempts for 60 yards. Jarek McKinnon had 10 attempts for 24 yards. He was also five of seven targets through the air for 54 yards. Tyree Kill, he had 11 catches on 13 targets for 150 yards and a touchdown. Travis Kelsey, eight catches on nine targets, 96 yards, and the game-winning touchdown, not to mention the game-tying reception uh, with about three seconds left in the game. This defense, nothing to write home about. I'm sorry. They they did awful against Buffalo, which Buffalo is a very different defense or very different offense than the Bengals. They could be in trouble if Tyron Matthew doesn't play. However, it looks like he's turning upward. He did practice on Thursday. So their keys are stopping Jamar Chase. You need to get off to a fast start. If you're the Chiefs, you want to come out and you want to be up 21-0 by the end of the first quarter. Like, that would be, if you're the Chiefs, 
that would be the prime spot that you want to be in. Up 21 nothing, end of the first quarter, so you can kind of coast the way that the Chiefs do. I wouldn't be surprised if they scored 60 in this game, to be completely honest. With the way that they're playing, they definitely can. Uh, defensive line, get to Joe Burrow. Take advantage of this terrible offensive line. Prepare for the Super Bowl in a couple weeks and just get after him. Set a record for most sacks in a playoff game. It's going to be... It's going to be ugly. Uh, honestly, I would love to pick Cincinnati in this game. I love Joe Burrow. I like Jamar Chase. I like Evan McPherson. I like Zach Taylor. There's no way I can pick Cincinnati to win this. The way Cincinnati's played the last two weeks versus the way Kansas City's played the last two weeks, Cincinnati struggled to put up 20 points on the board. Kansas City... The only time they struggled is in the first or second quarter of the Steelers game. They've put out over 40 points in their two playoff games so far this postseason. Kansas City by a billion. I mean, that's, that's really what it is. If Cincinnati can produce, they might be able to make a game, but I don't think they're going to be able to score over 40 points. Not the way they've been playing. Kansas City wins this one, wins a trip to their third straight Super Bowl appearance. 47 to 20 final score. Okay, now it's up to see who's going to be heading to SoFi Stadium to face the Kansas City Chiefs. Which team from California? We got the 49ers taking on the Rams in an NFC West battle. And when I say battle, I mean there's some bad blood between these teams. Uh, of course, the 49ers, I believe they're on a six-game win streak in the regular season right now. They've had McVay's number over the years. It's been it's been ugly. And that uh, culminated in an overtime win for the 49ers in the last game of the season that has propelled them into the playoffs. They've been on a must-win in, in a must-win situation since week 18, since that win against the Rams. They needed to win that to get into the playoffs, and look where they are now, playing the Rams in SoFi Stadium with a trip to the Super Bowl on the line. Let's talk about San Fran. Defensive stance. They they had a very defensive stance against the Packers, and they did a great job on defense. I'm not going to take that away from them. Fantastic job on defense. He stopped Aaron Rodgers. Held him to 10 points. Great job. This offense hasn't played football since the fourth quarter of the Dallas Cowboys game. They haven't. They haven't played good football since Jimmy Garoppolo threw an interception in the fourth quarter of the Dallas Cowboys game. They haven't scored a touchdown since then. They've scored one field goal since then. On offense. Maybe two field goals. Take that back. Two field goals. Um, Not a great job by the San Francisco offense as of late. Garoppolo, he went 11-19, 131 yards, no touchdowns, and an interception. Eli Mitchell, he had 17 rush attempts for 53 yards, no touchdowns. George Kittle had four catches on six targets for 63 yards. Debo Samuel... 10 rushes for 39 yards, 3 catches on 4 targets for 44 yards. Uh, like I said, those aren't those aren't numbers to write home about. 
and a big number is the no touchdowns. Your offense needs to be doing much better if you're going to be in the playoffs, doing well in the playoffs. I don't think your defense is going to be able to bail you out in SoFi Stadium right now. I really don't. Defense, they sacked Rodgers five times. Like I said, they held Green Bay to 10 points. Great job by the defense. Biggest advantage is probably their recent history in the Rams uh, with the Rams right now. Also, I think I saw a stat that said uh, the resale statistics right now are leaning towards more San Francisco fans being there than uh, LA Rams fans, which it's going to be kind of weird, but we'll see how it goes. Keys to this game. If you're the 49ers, you want to win this game, Jimmy Garoppolo needs to make no mistakes. And I mean zero. Can't fumble the ball, can't intercept the ball. Zero mistakes by Jimmy Garoppolo. They need to disrupt Stafford. Make him make the mistakes. Make him throw a pick six. Get some get some stuff going. You need to score on defense and on special teams. You can't trust your offense to score touchdowns. You need to score them some other way. Uh, the first defensive drive is going to be huge. Huge. It's going to set the tone for this game. Stafford going to be able to come out and throw all over the 49ers defense. Are the 49ers going to be able to get defensive pressure through the defensive line? It's going to be huge. It's going to tell us exactly how the game's going to go, that first defensive drive. Uh, late game, I think, is going to be really important for the 49ers as well. They've tapered off in the late game. I'm looking at you, Dallas Cowboy game. They're not consistent. They either do well in the first half or they do well in the second half. They need to do well in all aspects of the game at all times in order to, to win this game. Let's talk about the Rams. This Rams team has been on fire since that Week 18 loss. And I mean on fire. They they played well in that Week 18 loss. They've been doing great. Uh, Stafford, he was 28-38, 366 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions in their win against the Buccaneers. Akers, he went for 24 attempts for 48 yards. He had three catches on three targets for 20 yards as well. He also added two fumbles on that. Two crucial fumbles, may I add. Uh, one at the one-yard line and one late in the game to let Tom Brady come back into the game. Cooper Cup, he went 9 for 11 targets, 183 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr., he had six catches on eight targets for 69 yards. This offense has been fantastic. They've put up 30 or more points in their two games they dismantled the Cardinals. They did a pretty good job against the Buccaneers. Their offense looks fantastic. Matt Stafford looks poised. Not even poised. He looks determined. He is playing with a fire that I haven't seen from him in a while. And I think it's because he knows. He knows that this is this is a chance. Not only do they have a chance to play in the Super Bowl, they have a chance to play in the Super Bowl at home. In SoFi Stadium, it's a huge chance for them. Huge opportunity for the Rams. This defense has been relentless in the playoffs. They've been pursuing the quarterback very well, pressuring him, getting in their faces. Uh, They disrupted Kyler Murray completely against the Cardinals, and they did a fantastic job taking care of business against 
Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. They need to do more of it. This that's that's probably their biggest key in this game is to get in Jimmy Garoppolo's face and force him to make those stupid Jimmy Garoppolo mistakes that he always makes. Offensive line is going to be huge for the Rams. They're going to need to make sure that Nick Bosa doesn't touch Stafford. He cannot touch Stafford. Your run game needs to be on point. Your offense needs to be taking care of business, giving holes for Cam Akers to run through. Offensive line is going to be a huge part of this game. They need to control the trenches, keep Stafford clean, and allow him to just throw all over this uh, 49ers defense. Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald hasn't had great games against the 49ers as of late. He needs to come out. He needs to smell blood, take care of business, get rid of Eli Mitchell, get rid of Debo Samuel, and get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. Just go out and eat. He needs to eat. And if he does, this game could be a blowout. Uh, I really don't... I don't believe in San Francisco right now. I'm sorry. I know some people do. Some people are saying, oh, they're the underdog story. Oh, they've got all the makings of a great um, playoff team with their run game. Their run game in freaking Lambeau Field got under 100 yards and no touchdowns. Like, shut up about that run game. It did awful against the Packers. Honestly, awful. Awful through the air. Not very great on the ground. And you're in SoFi Stadium. I don't care if you can run the football. I really don't. You're in freaking California. Who cares if you can run the football? It's not cold weather games like everyone's been harping on. You're not going into Arrowhead right now playing uh, your NFC Championship game. It's not the the 49ers' time. Um, Their offensive play has been terrible. I cannot, in good faith, take the 49ers in this game. Stafford throwing for 300-plus yards, at least three touchdowns. Cooper Cup's going to catch two of those touchdowns. Cam Akers is going to run a touchdown in. Jimmy Garoppolo, two interceptions on the day. Rams win this one 34-17 and go on to take on the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl in SoFi Stadium. It's going to be great. I'm excited. Excited to see the Rams and the Chiefs. Um, If you weren't here last year, I'm going to do three episodes for the Super Bowl. I'm going to do one on the AFC champion. Okay, I'm going to go over their road to the Super Bowl. I'm going to go over... Well, I'm going to go over AFC championship or the AFC champion and the NFC champion, I'm going to go over both of their roads to the Super Bowl, what their seasons have looked like, who have been the key players in their seasons, um, and key games maybe, key offensive schemes, key defensive schemes. I'm going to go over all of that before the Super Bowl. In the the week following, the week before the Pro Bowl, I'm going to post those two episodes. The next week, the week before, immediately before the Super Bowl, I'll be posting my preview. So, um, and making my prediction then. So, look out for those three episodes in the next couple weeks. Enjoy the conference championship weekend. Uh, there's going to be some good football, hopefully, good offensive displays. And, yeah, I hope you enjoy. Make sure to hit me up on social media at Harvey's Huddle on Instagram, at Harvey's underscore, underscore Huddle on Twitter. 
and all of the links to my social media pages are in the episode description. Share it with your friends, share it with your loved ones, share it with whoever. Whoever you think will like this podcast, give them a shout. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. I'm Jackson Harvey. This has been Harvey Subtle. Take care.